Hello and welcome to the Nutrition Uncovered podcast. My name is Lisa. I'm registered associate nutritionist, author, and a PhD student. The aim of this podcast is to provide you with evidence-based nutrition and health information, support you on your journey towards better health and better relationship with food and your body. If you feel like you need support in your nutrition journey, you can always email me or DM me on Instagram. All the links are in the description. So here is this episode. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Nutrition Uncovered podcast. So today's topic is all or nothing mentality around nutrition and fitness and health overall and around our habits. So the reason why I wanted to touch on this point today in this podcast is because I think this week alone I had at least five conversations with clients around this all or nothing black and white thinking. And I'm going to explain and give you examples of what it is. And hopefully by the end of this episode, you're going to have a little more understanding on how to navigate around this all or nothing mentality, because it is so, so common when it comes to changing your um, nutrition habits, your healthy eating habits, and just in general, your lifestyle habits. So a common thing that I see in, especially people that I just start working with, is that they struggle with sticking to their quote-unquote plan or their new changes that they're trying to make to their diet. And when I'm asking, okay, so tell me a little bit more about it, so how you find it, what are you actually doing it, we come to a realization that this person uh, might actually have too high of expectations from, from themselves and they're trying to do too much in a short period of time. So perfect example is um, after New Year's, uh, New Year's resolutions, we write out our goals and there is loads of them. And then we're trying to start doing all of these things perfectly. Uh, for example, let's say eating um, more vegetables. Okay, let's say someone doesn't eat vegetables at all, or let's say one portion, and they're then trying to change it to, I don't know, six or seven portions of vegetables per day. And then it is expected that quite quickly you might realize that this is hard, that you are not used to, to eating that many vegetables. You need to think about it more. You need to plan about it around it. And then you realize quite quickly that, oh, I actually can't maintain it. So this is an example of when you're trying to do too much. And very often it comes from the thinking, okay, well, if I can't do everything from the beginning, if I can't do it perfectly then there is no no point for me to actually even start doing it. Now, that's a very, very common mistake. And this is when perfectionist is our enemy. I think that we grew up in the culture where perfect is like a good thing. It's good to be a perfectionist. It's good to strive to be perfect. Well, let me tell you that when it comes to habits, perfectionist is your enemy. And what we are trying to achieve is actually to reduce this sort of perfectionist voice that you might have you might have around nutrition and health instead of aiming to do it perfectly from the beginning you can do good enough and that will be good because i think the reason why um 
we people, because I also have these tendencies, perfectionist tendencies. I think the reason why we think that this is a benefit to us is because it sort of gives us this high standard. And if we don't have this high standard, then it feels like, well, then I'm not going to achieve all these things that I would like to achieve in my life, in my health, etc. But again, it's actually a mistake because one, when you set a high standard, um, which is quite quite difficult to to maintain, to achieve and maintain, then it becomes very hard to even start. So, as I mentioned, this very common thinking: well, if I can't do it all in and perfectly, I don't even want to start because well, I'm not kind of person who doesn't do well. If I set a target, if I if I tell myself to do something, I will definitely do it. And then this this high standard very often um, makes you not even start. And again, I really invite you guys to think how how does it serve you? It probably doesn't serve you. Because how many times did you tell yourself, okay, I'm going to start, let's say, I'm going to change my diet completely next week or I'm, I'm going to go on this new diet next week and then you start this new diet and you realize gosh it's actually quite hard there's a lot of things that I'm not used to there's a lot of foods that I'm not used to there is this maybe I'm getting too hungry maybe it's basically just unrealistic right and you just stop so instead of doing that what you should probably do is start with like a tenth of that thing that you want to do you really reduce it and then start with the smallest thing because that smallest thing will help you to continue to do it regularly. If something sounds too simple to do it, great, do it. If let's say you want to try and work on incorporating more plant-rich foods into your diet, like it can be quite easy to just decide, okay, I'm going vegan on Monday or next month. But then it's it doesn't work for most people. For most people, slow and gradual transition is actually what works. So instead of saying, okay, I'm going to go vegan next Monday, you can set a, a target or a goal. Okay, I'm going to incorporate one vegetarian day in a week or even less. I'm going to have one plant-based, fully plant-based meal this week. And that might seem very easy, but that's great because that means you can actually do it. There is no point setting up a target of something that is sounds great, but you can't do it. And I know it might sound quite obvious, like, okay, yeah, I know I need to set realistic goals, but how often do you really have that in mind whenever you want to do something new in your health and your nutrition? Like, a lot of people are... Um, making that mistake and it's also about what I find with people that I work with is that initially I think people have this understanding that healthy diet is this perfect diet is when you have all completely unprocessed foods in your diet and you are never eating crisps and cookies and biscuits and cakes and you never eat you never drink like mm, fizzy drinks like cokes and stuff like that Again, that's actually a misconception because even us working in the nutrition industry, we don't have perfect diets because guess what? Perfect diet doesn't exist. Speaking of perfect diet, I actually quite like this 80-20 principle, 
which um, I think helps to realize that in order to be healthy, in order to have healthy nutrition, and in order to sustain your th- yourself and nourish yourself with healthy foods, you don't need to strive for a hundred percent healthy diet. So, like when every single food item in your diet is super quote unquote healthy and and unprocessed. So, eighty twenty rule essentially is when you eat nutritious foods, nourishing nutritious foods, eighty percent of the time, and then having your favorite treats and fun foods the other 20% of the time. And that could work on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. So for example, those 20% of the time foods, so to say, would be things like your cakes, your crisps, your essentially, you know, all the processed foods that are conventionally considered quote unquote bad. Like I don't like using this terminology, good and bad foods, because there is no good and bad foods, but there are foods that are more uh, nutritious and uh, less processed, and then uh, there are foods that are the opposite. So it's important from the get-go, from kind of identifying your expectations, to understand that the, there shouldn't be a goal to have 100% healthy, uh, healthy, unprocessed, like quote-unquote clean. Again, I don't like this word, but people use it, so for the sake of the argument, I'm going to use it. So you don't need this 100% clean uh, diet. So, for example, with um, with this 80-20 rule or guide, maybe we can use it as a guide, it's, uh, it's less restrictive eating and it doesn't also feel like a diet because, well, let's face it, diets are miserable and we want to make changes for life rather than changes for three months' time whilst you are on that meal plan or something like that. Or even worse, like a, like a, I don't know, a juice diet or a detox. So eating 80-20 is more like a real life scenario and it's easier to follow than other diet plans because it allows you to enjoy your favorite foods in moderation while you're eating, while you're eating healthy at the same time. Now, speaking of moderation, I realize that moderation is actually quite hard and it in some cases, if not in most cases, Moderation is harder than this sort of all or nothing, I'm on a diet or I'm off a diet, because moderation doesn't allow you to have this all or nothing mentality and this perfectionist mentality as well, because it's harder to work with this idea that, well, I can eat anything, I have the choice, I can make all sorts of choices choices in my diet and nothing is off limits. I think that moderation can be achieved when or after you have been lacking moderation, as in, um, even we can go as far as say, you can understand what is a healthy relationship with food after you have been through a period of unhealthy relationship with food, of dysfunctional relationship with food. And it's like, there's this analogy that I really like, if you imagine like the, when the pendulum swings from one side to another and it swings quite significantly, this is like the analogy of how we can swing from uh, restrictive diets to then overeating or binge eating. And it's like you go from this yo-yo, yo-yo diet, so you go from one extreme to another. But then if, if and when you learn about moderation and what is a healthy relationship with food and you work on it, the, this pendulum, it starts swinging a little bit 
like around the center, like in the middle, rather than swinging too strongly from one direction to another. So I think moderation is essentially, it's not, the pendulum is not static, it's still swinging, but the the range of the swing is quite small, it's quite narrow. I hope that this helps to um, navigate this idea that, okay, my diet does not need to be super perfect and healthy because that's just unsustainable. And I just wish more people um, understood and really accepted and internalized this idea because the biggest return on the effort that you put into your diet comes from the actually easiest changes that you can make rather than the hardest and the biggest changes you can make. And that is also about doing good, average, consistent actions and not focusing on more rare but really good and perfect actions. It's the same about exercise. It's much better to do a little bit every day than let's say, one massive long session a week. And evidence also shows that it's it's much more healthy to do something um, in terms of exercise, um, a little bit of, of exercise and consistently rather than a lot in one go. And by a little bit every day, I mean actually like very little. Even 10 minutes of walking can be good if you are doing no walking at all right? And it might seem like, okay, well, there's no point of me doing 10 minutes of walking because it surely doesn't give any benefit. No, that's actually wrong. If you're very sedentary and you're not doing any exercise, those those first 10 minutes and the only 10 minutes that you do, they're going to have a profound and massive beneficial effect on your health. Same with food. If you're starting with a very unbalanced, sort of unhealthy diet, then those tiny changes, adding one vegetable a day, adding one fruit a day, um, maybe adding some protein, so you have regular protein intake throughout the day, those tiny changes, but if you actually do them consistently, can give you amazing results. And going back to perfectionist perfectionism, it might sound a bit harsh, but when I heard this thing that I'm going to say, I actually was a bit struck. I was like, oh my God, this is so true. Perfectionism is an excuse to quit. Because when I think, oh, well, if I can't do it perfectly, I'm not even going to do it. Well, actually, it's a little bit like just an excuse for you not to do anything. And perfectionism is actually an easy option because it gives you the opportunity to give up if you can't be perfect. But this motto that I started living by recently, well, not that recently, actually, it's the that imperfect action beats perfect inaction. And imperfect action can take away your option to be perfect. And that in and of itself is quite, I think, eye-opening to accept the fact that striving for perfection is not a benefit. If anything, it can be, as I said, kind of like an excuse. 
Now, I know, like, for us perfectionists, it can be quite hard to hear these things because, well, it's a bit hurtful almost. But I just want to, for you to sit with it a little bit and just realize how this strive for perfection doesn't help you. This all or nothing mentality. I'm either doing everything or nothing. It It's not going to bring you anything, anywhere. There is this idea that not being perfect is like allowing yourself to not do something. But actually, it's very much the opposite. Being imperfect and deciding to do imperfect action is the opposite of allowing yourself not to do something. Because you're actually removing the barrier to not do it. And you're like, well, even if it's not perfect, I'm still going to do it. And that's great. So it's not about allowing yourself to make these bad uh, decisions or you kind of like you being lazy. No, no, no. It is actually about encouraging yourself to do the thing, to, to make the best decision that you can do in the current circumstances, in the current environment. So imperfect action will give you better results than you giving up every time once you can't do something perfectly. Like imagine how many times this perfectionist, perfectionism mentality has essentially stopped your progress. How many times have you started and finished just because you realized you can't continue doing the perfect thing? Like, for example, I, I can tell you. So my recent um, habit that I'm trying to build is journal regularly. And I could have set myself a goal to journal every single day because, well, this is what people who journal do. They do it perfectly, so you do you do it every every day, every evening. And then and then I caught myself on this thought and I realized, no, 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 Lisa, hold on. I don't think it's realistic for you to set this as a goal because you haven't really done journaling regularly at all. So why would you suddenly be able to do it every single day? Habits don't change like change change like that. So instead, my goal is to do journaling at least three times a week. Now, at max, I can do every day, but my minimum target is three times a week. And again, and that really helps to to start because it's it essentially removes the barrier. It, it becomes easier to do it, and there is less resistance for me to do it because if I set it to do every day. And then I miss, let's say, one or two days, I would say, well, that habit, I gave up on it. There's no point for me to continue because, well, I can't sustain it for um, even for a week and I can't do it every day. That was really easy. And I almost started doing it as in doing this mistake. But then I was like, no, 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 I'm going to follow my own advice and um, break down this um, this perfect target, perfect goal into something more manageable. Um, so I made it easier for myself. What I like to focus on with my clients is focus on the practicalities rather than what is, again, quote-unquote, optimal or ideal or perfect. There's no point in that. And that's why I don't give this very um, well-planned, beautiful meal plans because they don't work. Because they're usually very different to what to, to someone's habitual diet. So what I would rather do is to set practical little changes, little tweaks that are quite easy to do. And then over time, we build up on that. And then over time, we we continue progressing and improving that new habit. I hope that was 
helpful and interesting because this topic, I'm quite passionate about it because I can see how much people are holding themselves back because of their perfectionism. I think that's about time to wrap this up. If this topic really mm, resonates with you, if you feel like you need more support on your journey with changing your nutrition habits, changing your lifestyle habits, then please reach out to me via my email, lisa.hillman at gmail.com or my Instagram. I'm going to leave the links in the description in this episode. Thank you very much for your attention and until next time, bye!